Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Jason Hartman. Uh, He is an expert in real estate investing, and he'll tell us all about it. Welcome to the show, Jason. Hey, Jordan. Thank you. How are you? Great to be with you. So let's just start with a little bit of your background and how you got into real estate investing and how you have created the whole empire you have now under jasonhartman.com. Yeah, thank you. So I, uh, I started when I was 19 years old at growing up very poor in uh, West Los Angeles area and not wanting to be that way. I found an infomercial when I was 16 and saw one of those gurus pitching his product and so forth, and I went out and got his book and became very interested in this as a path to wealth and financial independence. So, um, and then forming the company coming out of that, tell me how that worked. Uh, Well, I was in the traditional real estate business for many years, and then I, um, there's, there's quite an echo Okay, just speak. Go ahead. That's okay. Just speak ahead. Sorry about that. Um, So I was in the traditional real estate business for many years, and then uh, purchased my own real estate company, and uh, and later sold it to Coldwell Banker, and then got into the investment only side of the real estate business, because I always thought there should be a financial services firm for real estate investors. Uh, I always felt Jordan that Wall Street had a great sales force, but a lousy product. And um, I thought that the real estate folks had a great product, but a lousy sales force and lousy system for investing. And uh, I couldn't find any company to provide the services that I wanted as an investor, so I created one. <laughs> That's a lot of times the uh, inspiration that many entrepreneurs have used throughout history, I think. So what are the services that your company offers? So basically what we do is we teach people how to invest, We teach them how to be area agnostic and uh, look at real estate as the the path to financial independence, but to be location independent, to not just look in their own neighborhood because their own neighborhood may not be the right place to invest. It may not be the right time to invest in that market. And even if it is, Jordan, they wouldn't be diversified. One of the things we say is... uh, We say, take the most historically proven asset class, income property, but diversify geographically because there's an old saying in real estate that all real estate is local. So uh, mainly you're emphasizing income real estate, is that right? Rental real estate as opposed to uh, flipping for capital appreciation. Is that correct? Yeah, most definitely. You know, certainly people have made money flipping. I'm one of them. Uh, I've uh, I've made some money flipping properties, but I've noticed over the last couple of decades that I've been in the business that the people who are the flippers, they have spending money, and that's great. Who wouldn't want more spending money? But the people who buy and hold income-producing real estate, they have real wealth. And uh, given the, the choice of the two, I'd rather have real wealth over spending money. So income real estate means that you have tenants and you have to... You own the property, and you are responsible for keeping it up. Uh, how right. can you do that remotely? Uh, as you say, you might want to be in different locations than you're physically located. Do you hire management companies, or how does one uh, manage a prop- uh, portfolio of properties around the country? 
Great question, and that is the hardest part, <laughs> as as many listeners would probably think. Uh, so our clients, and, and myself included, I do the same thing. Uh, they can either have professional managers manage their properties, and, you know, that has a host of benefits and a host of issues with it as well that need to be managed, or, or they can self-manage. And until about five, six years ago, I would have never thought it were possible to self-manage property from a long distance. However, um, I found accidentally, really, and I'll be happy to tell you that story on one of my properties in Texas, uh, that many times it's actually easier to do it that way uh, because you don't have any conflicts of interest. You just have your interest and your tenant's interest. The manager brings a whole separate set of interests that they have. And so uh, so self-management from a distance, remote self-management is certainly possible and many clients prefer it. Uh, I, I prefer it in many cases. and um, Or you can have the property manager uh, either way. So if, okay, so say you're in California and your property's in Texas mm-hmm. and the tenant doesn't pay their rent and you're not there to go and do it. How do you collect the rent if there's nobody there to help you uh, if you're at a distance? Yeah. Really not as hard as people think. You do exactly what the property manager is going to do. You call the tenant, you send them an email, you send them a letter, and if they don't pay, you just simply hire an attorney service. And what I mean by that is there are these attorney services that operate not like typical attorneys where you go in and you sit down and you you pay them an outrageous $300 an hour. These are services that are run like assembly lines. They're run like mills. And they just simply process evictions and do rent collection issues. And so uh, for anywhere between uh, maybe $300 and $600, they will handle an entire eviction for you. And they can help you get a judgment against the tenant for any unpaid rent or any damages to the property. And many times, that's all the property manager does anyway. You can just go direct to these these attorney services. They're they're nationwide. Uh, they have them in in every major city, and uh, they will handle that rent collection if your own efforts don't pan out. It's not as if the property manager goes to the door and you know harasses the tenant to pay the rent. Uh, you know, they, they do the same thing an owner can do from a distance. It, it really, the geography has little to do with it. Yeah, that's a major misconception, I think. People would think uh, yeah. you really can't manage it uh, on a long-term basis like that. Okay, and, we're going to take you know a break. What? I, I would have I thought the same thing, too. I'll be glad to tell you more after the break. Okay, we're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. Uh, my guest this hour is Jason Hartman. His website is jasonhartman.com. He also runs the Platinum Properties Investor Network. We'll be back after this. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. 
It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Leadership is a vital skill set in today's competitive global economy. Being a leader is not enough. To succeed, you must optimize your performance and know how to imbue others in your organization with leadership skills. Practical, actionable leadership insights are the focus of Leadership Development News, hosted each Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, by Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler on the Voice America Business Channel. Doctors Greenberg and Nadler, who coach global leaders on how to be most effective, will share their insights and contacts. The path to leadership excellence begins here. What if every day was a good day for business? Because every decision you made was the best choice. What if you could receive regular input from credible sources and could acquire all the precise information you need, exactly when you need it, so you can make the right decision every single time? Because There's More challenges you to make better decisions. Join Laura Ellis every Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific, and 2 p.m. GMT on the Voice America Business Channel and learn how to think differently for better decisions, better business. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Jason Hartman, who's an expert in real estate investing. His website is jasonhartman.com. He also runs the Platinum Properties Investor Network. Welcome back to the show, Jason. Thanks, Jordan. So tell us a little bit about the courses that you offer and how uh, people can go about acquiring uh, high-quality uh, rental real estate in a market that's, that's pretty hot and pretty, a lot of demand for rental real estate these days. Yeah, there sure is. You know, we live in a time where we've got probably the best demographics in history coming at the rental property market with Generation Y, the millennial generation, uh, putting off family formation, uh, waiting longer to get married, uh, wanting to be mobile, because as I always say, Jordan, the best thing you can have on a resume when applying for a job is mobility, the ability to move to where the jobs are. That's so important. And um, in being saddled with massive student loan debt, uh, about $1.1 trillion, trillion with a T of student loan debt out there, not dischargeable in bankruptcy, uh, the government and the uh, the college industrial complex, I'll call it, has, has basically created a whole generation of debt slaves. And uh, they are going to need rental property because it is going to be 
tougher for them to get started. So as, as landlords, we can serve that market and we can help those people find a home and give them mobility and so forth. So, uh, you know, the first thing I would say that's really important when investing is sort the, the, uh, the, the hype from the reality. And I was uh, at the age of 16 when I heard an infomercial from one of these real estate guru guys out there, uh, you know, growing up poor in Los Angeles area, I-, I was looking for anything. I didn't want to live my adult life like my childhood. And, um, you know, this guy was saying, oh, you can buy properties with nothing down, right? And that certainly is possible. You can certainly do that. There's no question about it that it is possible to buy properties with nothing down. However, what they don't mention is the trade-offs that you're likely to make. The first one being your time. <laughs> and, 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 and the fact looking for that needle in a haystack property where the seller is willing to do this, where the lender is willing to do that, um, you know, it, it is really hard to find that exact situation and negotiate that exact situation. So that's the first They were making it look like it was much more common than, in fact, it was. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, they make it sound so easy. And, you know, it is possible, as I said before. It's just highly improbable, okay? And the so other what is thing realistic? In today's market, yeah. if you're not yeah. going to do no money down flipping and so on, what is realistic as to how much money you should bring to the process, and what kind of skills should you have in order to be a successful income real estate investor? $20,000 to put down on a property is about the minimum it'll take to get started. And then after that, Jordan, the general life skills of being patient, of being, uh, you know, being willing to get educated, uh, the willingness to, uh, to, you know, negotiate and put up with problems. And, you know, success in life is nothing more than solving a lot of problems. That's really what it's all about. And real estate is no different. The only thing that's really different about real estate that makes it so nice is that you can leverage uh, these things in so many ways because the lender will put up uh, five times potentially what you put into the deal. So that's a huge head start. You you can get get to your financial goal five times faster with with the bank's help, with the lender's help, and uh, there are so many other great characteristics. I like to say that income property is a multi-dimensional asset class. Where leverage can work, you know, leverage can work both ways. I mean, you can certainly put down twenty percent and borrow the other eighty percent. What what did people learn, or what put, should people have learned about what happened? in 2007 to 2009 in real estate where the lenders stepped away from the market. In many cases, there was almost a credit crunch. What did yeah, yeah, one learn about the downside of leverage? That's a great, great question and a great point. And, um, you know, I used to think that leverage cut both ways and that there was a downside to leverage. But I kind of question that belief now. And, and you know, leverage, maybe you could liken it to, you know, uh, nuclear weapons, some say it's prevented a lot of wars, you know, that the, the Peace Prize should go to uh, the Nobel Peace Prize. Maybe it should go to Oppenheimer because he's prevented so many wars with the threat of nuclear war, right? Uh, but, but, you know, it certainly can be used for, for good or bad, right? And, and, and you can get into trouble with leverage. The whole world did in the last financial crisis. Uh, but if you look at it and really dissect that issue, look at who got all of the bailouts. Look at who got all of the benefits. 
all of the all of the goodies went to the people who were highly leveraged. And I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's fair. I don't think it is. Philosophically, I have a big problem with it. But it's just the way the world is. You know, I mean, people, people that were highly leveraged got to live in their home for two or three years for free. They got to live in a house they could never afford, that they didn't deserve, that they didn't earn. Is that right? No, it's certainly not right. Is it what happened? Yes, it's absolutely what happened. So in today's market, where it's a much tougher credit environment, and banks are right. making it much more difficult to get leverage, does that mean that certain players cannot really play in the income real estate market because they're not going to be able to qualify for that leverage? Yeah, it is harder, but remember, there's always a flip side to everything, right? So the harder it is to qualify and to get that leverage, the fewer people can do it. The, that means if you can do it, and I, I realize that everybody listening cannot do it, cannot borrow, right? But if you can, you are really in a great position. Because, you know, traditionally, if you look at a balance sheet where you've got on one side your assets and the other side your liabilities, people put the money they owe as a liability, but really your ability to borrow, that's an asset. And if you're not using that asset to magnify and accelerate your wealth creation process by maybe a five-to-one ratio, as we discussed earlier, you're missing out. I mean, that's a that's that's really costing you. It's an unused asset. And, and my idea is you want to use your assets. Yeah. There's a f- financial aspect of that, but there's also a psychological aspect of that. And mm-hmm. some people, right. particularly if they went through the Depression or their parents did, might just not be psychologically willing to take on that kind of debt, even though it could be highly profitable. So yeah. are you saying You're even right people that. like that yeah. should do so? I am. I am. Because if you look at back to the Great Depression, and I'm a, I'm a decent student of the Great Depression, uh, if you look back at that, the, the whole lending environment was completely different in the 30s. Okay, Back then, lenders were allowed to call loans due for no apparent reason. Now they can't do that anymore. They have to work with you. They have to work with the borrower. And the workouts, the loan modifications, the short sales, all of that was all of those goodies, all of those treats were given to the people who were leveraged. The people who paid off their home, they didn't get anything. They didn't get any special treatment. It's totally unfair. Yeah. Now, one of the big changes in the whole rental real estate market has been the introduction of institutions. Uh, hedge funds, REITs, uh, you know, big Wall Street money management types buying right. entire tracks, entire villages, <laughs> entire you know yeah. houses, a thousand at a time or something, with all right. cash because they've got the money from investors because they see this as a good investment too. So how can the average individual, uh, you know, who wants to buy one house at a time, compete with these mega billion dollar organizations that are buying huge amounts of rental real estate these days? Well, that's a that's a good point, uh, but I don't think you really are competing with them that much. I mean, I guess we're competing in the sense that, uh, you know, they will suck up inventory in the market, and certainly a few years ago, at all the foreclosure sales, and, uh, you know, we, we've done business in 46 cities nationwide, and, and I don't mean 46 cities like little cities next to each other, I mean big metropolitan areas. And uh, we saw at, at the foreclosure sales, our local market specialists on the ground were reporting that the institutional investors, the hedge funds, the private equity groups were just in there buying up everything they could get their hands on. 
and inventory became very scarce. But that's not really the situation anymore. I mean, inventory is still relatively tight, but it's not that bad. Uh, you know, certainly we have properties that people can buy. If, if they go to JasonHartman.com, they look at the properties section. Uh, there are many good properties there. Now, the thing I have to say is they're not as good as they used to be. <laughs> I mean, we used to get rent-to-value ratios or RV ratios of maybe 1.4 and 1.5% back, uh, you know, post-crisis uh, where we're talking 2009. And you had to have a lot of guts to buy back then because it looked very gloomy. I mean, people were very scared in 2008, 2009, uh, but those who did got the best deals. Nowadays, uh, it's not quite that good, but you can still get 1%, meaning if the property costs you $100,000, you can rent rent $1,000 per month. You can generate $1,000 per month in income, and that's pretty darn good. You know, you, you can't do that in overpriced markets like California or New York or South Florida, but in, in the good, sensible markets across the country, uh, 1% is still possible. Can you do all this remotely, or do you have to physically go to where the auctions are? Can you have an agent that you trust on the spot to make the judgments for what's a good thing to bid for and how much? Well, I mean, there are many different systems, and there are lots of different uh, people out there offering different things. I can, I can really only tell you what my company does. My company helps busy professionals, people that don't have a lot of time to mess around with the whole thing, helps them earn good returns, uh, you know, many times in excess of 20, 30 percent, even more per year doing it remotely. We have clients from all over the world, uh, mostly in the U.S. and Canada, but certainly in Australia, Asia, uh, Europe, et cetera, uh, purchasing properties through our network, and they're all doing it remotely. And uh, it's certainly not perfect, but I tell you, it's better than anything else. That's, that's what I can So tell say. us exactly how that works. Actually, when you go to your website, jasonhartman.com, uh, and you look at this Platinum Properties Investor Network, you actually see property. So do you uh, say, yes, I'd like to get that one, and then you're hiring a local real estate agent to do it for you, or how does it actually work if you want to do it remotely like that? Yeah, so what we do is we offer a nationwide perspective. So the clients would go to our website, they might listen to my podcast, go to the website, check out the properties, and if they're interested in investing, we will have them talk with one of our investment counselors. Our investment counselors are not partial to any one of our markets. So it's great because we can help the client determine their investment goals. Is it capital appreciation? Is it income? Is it tax benefits, asset protection, whatever? And then we will help them select which metropolitan areas in which to invest. So, you know, one investor that invests in Atlanta, Georgia, would be a different personality type of investor that would invest in Memphis, Tennessee, for example. Okay, and the properties are quite different. The experience is different. And, uh, you know, it's different based on the investor's investment goals and also the investor's personality, you know, their, their own personality and their own uh, situation. And, um, uh, and then we will refer them to the local market specialist in that area who actually represents them in the, in the purchase. I see. And then as far as collecting rents, as you say, it's pretty much done remotely. And how about if there were major improvements they, that were needed for the property? How does that work? Yeah. Well, the, the, the vast majority of our properties, almost all of them, are rent-ready, 
and they're ready to go. So you don't need to do anything to them. Okay. That's, you know, our, our, our thing is for busy people who don't want to screw around with contractors and that type of thing. I mean, you know, if you want to do it yourself, we're not the place for you. Okay. Um, but, uh, certainly you can do it yourself. I just don't think you can do it very effectively remotely. Okay. You, you know, you gotta be a local investor if you're doing the do it yourself path. And, um, and then, you know, they can use a property manager. We recommend they can self-manage, um, they, they can use their own property manager. It's their property. They get to decide everything. Do, do some people go into it for capital appreciation? They, they go into an area they think, like, say they went to Las Vegas when things were very depressed and things came back, mm-hmm. and they're in it right. for short-term income but longer-term capital gains. Right, right. Yeah, that's um, that's something they can do. Uh, you know, we don't specialize in the capital appreciation type side, the speculative side. We we go the cash flow route. But, um, you know, in markets that are what I call hybrid markets, like Las Vegas or Phoenix, we've done business in both of those cities. We've had clients make a lot of money in those cities. And, um, uh, you know, they, they can be great. You just won't see us in places in California or South Florida or New York or Boston or any of these sort of really expensive markets because those are just far too risky and, and the cash flow doesn't even come close to making any sense. So you have to pay up too much for the house, and the amount of yeah. rent you could expect is, is not going to produce much of a return. So why are they so hot? Why are people willing to buy rental properties in these super hot markets? You just think they're being foolish? Yeah, because, you know, uh, people uh, uh, go after speculative bubbles. I mean, from the tulip bubble in Holland uh, to modern-day things like Bitcoin and gold when it was doing its thing a few years back and all of these different things. People love a story. That's what cocktail party conversation is about. You know, it's, it's, I bought my house for, uh, you know, $300,000 and now it's worth $500,000. And, you know, that's what people, you know, they just get uh, green with envy and they chase the speculative bubbles. You don't hear too much at a cocktail party, people talking about, oh yeah, you know, I bought this house for a hundred thousand dollars in Memphis and it rents for a thousand a month. And, my overall return on investment is 26% annually. You know, that's not as exciting. <laughs> but it works. <laughs> works very well. Very good. All right, we're going to take a break. Yeah. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Jason Hartman. Uh, you can find out more about him at his website, which is jasonhartman.com. Um, and he also is running what's called the Platinum Properties Investor Network. We'll be back after this. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Capital Thinking takes you inside the worlds of policy, politics, law, and business. What happens in government, the legal arena, and the business world impacts your business every day. And we're going to take you on a behind-the-scenes tour of it all. Each week, we'll bring you unfiltered conversation with a variety of influential policymakers and leaders. Squire Patton Boggs will be your guide as Capital Thinking tours the halls of power. 
Join us for Capital Thinking on the Voice America Business Channel each Thursday at noon Eastern and 9 a.m. Pacific Time. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Jason Hartman. His website is jasonhartman.com. He's an expert on real estate investing uh, for income. Welcome back to the show, Jason. Thanks, Jordan. So there's a concept in real estate investing called the cap rate. Maybe describe how that works and when uh, you get a good cap rate and not a cap, good cap rate on a, a real estate investment you might be thinking of doing. Sure. The cap rate or capitalization rate, uh, to say it the, the long way, is probably the most commonly used metric in the commercial real estate business. Um, we use it when evaluating properties. However, we don't really look at it as the gospel. And uh, the reason, Jordan, is that the cap rate evaluates the price you pay for the property or the current value, depending on how you're looking at it, versus the income the property produces. And that's good information to have. It's just not enough information. Uh, Oh, sorry, I didn't use expenses. The income and expenses, so the net income. Uh, and, um, and it's good information to have, but it's not enough because it leaves out a couple of very important parts. Number one, it leaves out appreciation. Number two, it leaves out leverage. And number three, to a less, lesser degree, it leaves out tax benefits. And um, income property overall is the most uh, tax-favored asset in America, in addition to it being the most... Uh, most historically proven asset class in America, but um, is that, but cap rate is, that, is, is a is a common thing. I would just rather use cash on cash return, uh, or even better, overall return on investment. That's my favorite. And then the holy grail is IRR or internal rate of return, but that one's pretty complicated. Is this something that you teach at your seminars as to how to figure these things out? Yeah, absolutely. And on my website, uh, when people browse properties, they can see a full page of uh, stats on each property. And, and cap rate is included in there, cash on cash return, 
um, everything except IRR or internal rate of return, because that one that one takes uh, a few years <laughs> of uh, ownership to really evaluate properly. So tell me a little bit about your seminars. Uh, where do you have them, and how long are they, and what kind of things do people learn at those seminars? Yeah, we have them nationwide, and um, you know, we we most of our listeners come to us through our podcast. Uh, which uh, our main podcast is called The Creating Wealth Show. We're starting a new one called Real Estate Investing for Busy People. And um, uh, basically at our live events, um, we do either one-day or two-day events somewhere. It's it's mostly me just presenting um, the concepts of investing and so forth. Uh, but then every year we have another event called Meet the Masters where we, we fly in people from all over the country and then attendees fly in from all over the world. And uh, we have them speak about their properties, about uh, tax strategies, about asset protection strategies, and, and a whole host of things. What are some of the misconceptions that people have coming into real estate investing? Maybe people who come to your seminars who have a certain belief, and then once you explain how it works, they're relieved of their misconceptions. What are some of those misconceptions? Yeah, I think, you know, one of the biggies is that um, you've got to spend a lot of money with some guru and join some really expensive coaching program or spend a ton of money on education. I've seen so many people that that have come to our events and, you know, at at the first break at 1030 a.m., they'll come up to me and say, gosh, I've learned more here in an hour and a half than I learned after months and uh, thousands of dollars. I mean, I, I've heard people spending anywhere from twelve thousand to get this sixty-four thousand dollars with various gurus in their coaching programs, and they they say they learn more in the first hour and a half than they ever learned in any of those programs. Education nowadays is either cheap or free. I mean, you just don't need to spend a ton of money on this stuff. Of course, we offer education. We charge a nominal fee for it. But we're in the business of real estate rather than being in the business of overpriced education. I mean, with the Internet nowadays, with podcasts, this stuff is is, is pretty much free or it's really, really cheap. And um, one of the big misconceptions I see is that you should have to spend a lot of money on it. You don't. I'd rather see you spend your money buying properties <laughs> than, than paying for overpriced uh, coaching programs and things, okay? It's not to say they're bad. Um, it's just to say that you don't really need to spend all that money on those things anymore, okay? it's You know, in the olden days before the Internet, before this information was plentiful and free, you know, maybe it was different back then. But nowadays, you know, you just don't need to spend a lot. The other big misconception, Jordan, is that it's easy. It's not easy. It's just easier and more effective than anything else. But it's not easy. It's hard. You will have tough times uh, in real estate investing. You will be discouraged. Just know that. You will have problems. You will have tenants that don't pay their rent. You will have tenants that damage your properties. But, you know, what's the other option? I mean, I mean, what are you going to do? Invest in the stock market, the modern version of organized crime? <laughs> that hasn't worked for too many people, except the insiders. Um, you know, it, it's just, it's the most historically proven asset class income property. Tell us a little bit about the tax advantages. Uh, so uh, if, you, if you set this up as a business, 
The interest mm-hmm. you pay on any mortgages would be deductible. You get depreciation. What are some of the other right. tax benefits you get by investing in income real estate? Well, depreciation is the holy grail of tax benefits. And what that means is this, uh, just for those who may not know, I'll try to explain it. And, and, you know, you should know I'm not an attorney. I'm not a tax advisor. I'm just sharing some concepts and people should go to their, their CPA or their tax advisor who hopefully knows about real estate, which by the way, a lot of them don't know anything about real estate. So, uh, and a lot of them are selling uh, wall street type traded investments in their same firm. So just be wary of conflicts of interest. Okay. <laughs> That's my warning yep. there. But basically when you buy a property, look at it as not one thing, but two things divided up into its two major components. One is the land, and the other is the improvement, the house or the apartment building sitting on the land. And what the IRS does in their infinite wisdom is they know that someday that house or that apartment building will fall to the ground, and it will be of no economic value. And so what they do is they let you depreciate it on a schedule of 27.5 years. And effectively what they do is they say, if, uh, if that property uh, is a $120,000 total value and $20,000 of it is land and $100,000 is house sitting on the land, the improvement value, then you've got a total of 120. You can take the $100,000, the improvement value, because the IRS knows the land will never go away. So they don't let you depreciate the land. But the improvement loses value because it gets old and it, it gets run down, you know, every year and it's older, right? And so over 27.5 years, they will let you basically deduct the cost of it. So the way you do the math on that is you take $100,000, the value of the improvement, and divide by 27.5. And basically, you have roughly $4,000 per year that you can write off. Now, what's so? What's the big deal about that? Well, here's why: how wealthy people basically can avoid paying taxes is because that's a non-cash write-off. You don't have to write a check to get that deduction. Whereas, if you uh, if you have a business, the IRS would tell you, "Well, spend some more money on your business, hire some more people, buy some more advertising, buy some more equipment, and then you can take a deduction." Or if you don't have a business, you can donate to charity, and you can take a deduction that way. This is a deduction that you didn't really pay for because the property could be going up in value. It could be doubling in value. It could be producing positive cash flow, and you still get what looks like a loss to the IRS. Does it make a difference if you hold the property in uh, your personal name, or is it better to create a a business of some kind, a sole proprietorship or an LLC or – uh, some yeah. subchapter S corporation to hold the real estate as, as far yeah. as it affects the taxes. Generally, uh, for the to keep it simple, just hold it in your own name. You can certainly do more complicated things where you set up an LLC uh, or multiple LLCs to hold the properties, and and you can get some asset protection uh, benefits. But the the tax uh, strategy in terms of depreciation is pretty much the same. The only thing I do need to say is that if you make a, if you earn a high income, okay, and it's really not that high, frankly, uh, but um, if it's over $150,000 per year, 
that depreciation deduction will phase out. So you will not be able to take it on a yearly basis, but it does accumulate in the property and you can take it later. And let me give you one other very, very important thing. Most people don't talk about this as much because it takes a while to take advantage of it, but it's the 1031 tax deferred exchange. And I just did two of these on my own properties for my own portfolio. And uh, when you sell a business or stock that you own, you got to pay taxes on the profit. When you sell a piece of real estate, you can defer the gain from those profits. You can defer them indefinitely and repeatedly. So throughout your life, you can trade real estate without paying the tax. You can just defer, 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 and die. It has to be a like-kind exchange, though. It has to be somewhat similar to what you already have, correct? Yeah, so income property for income property. In fact, uh, under the uh, exchange rules, uh, property is the most favorable, it's the most tax-favored class within the exchanges because there are other types of exchanges you can do. You know, uh, you can, if you own an airplane, you can do an exchange on that, et cetera. But with a property, it's just got to be, you know, property for property, okay? You can't live in it. It's got to be income property, you know? So, uh, you know, one one rental property for another could be a house to an apartment building, um, you know, could be in another city, doesn't matter, could be in another state, doesn't matter. So you're saying uh, you, so you could do one 1030 exchange after another, and then mm-hmm. meanwhile the value of the property is increasing, and then you die, and yep. all of that appreciation kind of disappears in smoke and you're uh, your yes. beneficiaries would get the real estate at the current market right. value on the day you die. So, in fact, you'd never pay taxes on all those gains. Right, because it, because the value, the basis steps up to market value when you pass on. So it's it's really an incredible thing. That's you know, quite you a can't do that with stocks. You can't do that with gold. You can't do it with anything else. You can't do it with a business. Very good. All right, we're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of the Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Jason Hartman, an expert in Real estate investing, uh, income investing, his uh, network is called the Platinum Properties Investor Network, and you can find out more about him at jasonhartman.com. We'll be back after this. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. What if every day was a good day for business? Because every decision you made was the best choice. 
What if you could receive regular input from credible sources and could acquire all the precise information you need exactly when you need it so you can make the right decision every single time? Because There's More challenges you to make better decisions. Join Laura Ellis every Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific, and 2 p.m. GMT on the Voice America Business Channel and learn how to think differently for better decisions, better business. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Jason Hartman. Uh, You can find out more about him at his website, jasonhartman.com, all about real estate investing. Welcome back to the show, Jason. Thanks, Jordan. So let's just talk. You, you have what you call the Ten Commandments of Real Estate Investing. Now, we don't have time to get into all of them, but what are some of you, the, the most important of your Ten Commandments? Well, uh, you know, a couple of them that people really seem to resonate with is uh, number uh, Commandment number three, and that is, Thou shalt maintain control. You know, when we relinquish control of our money, of our investments to somebody else, and I'm usually referring to some financial advisor, uh, some Wall Street-type firm, that type of stuff. We leave ourselves susceptible to three major problems. Number one, we might be investing with a crook. And certainly, there's no shortage of scandals on Wall Street. Uh, there's no shortage of scandals in real estate. There's no shortage of scandals in gold or anything. So be a direct investor. Don't invest in funds, uh you know, partnerships with people you don't know, uh, mutual funds, stocks, because you have so many intermediary people that are skimming all the profits off the top. Okay. And, okay. and so, you know, you know, that show American Greed on CNBC, I, I bet you like that show, Jordan. I bet oh, you yes. I like that a lot. I yeah. like that show. Well, yeah. A lot of those yeah. are real estate. Yes. Related. Yes. Yeah. It, virtually every crook they profile on American Greed is those those problems could have been avoided by simply being in control, by being a direct investor, okay? So the first problem is you might be investing with a crook. The second problem is you might be investing with an idiot. And the third problem is, assuming they're honest and competent, they take a huge fee off the top for managing the deal. And so, uh, you know, if you look at Larry Ellison, there's a great example, right? Um, he's the founder and CEO of Oracle. Most people know who he is. From 2000 to 2002, and this is according to Lou Dobbs' book, War on the Middle Class, in two short years, his take from the company was $781 million. That's almost a billion dollars in two years. And that would be okay with me as long as the investors were making money, too, and he was providing a good product to his customers. But in the very same two-year period – the stock lost 61% of its value. Yes. So that's a completely legal uh, example of skimming the profits off the top. So be a direct investor. Own okay. and control the things in which you invest. That's some right. What would be some of your other commandments? Uh, be area agnostic. 
don't be attached to any one locality, okay? You know, I mean, there are lots of great places to invest around this very big country. Uh, understand that all real estate is local. Be diversified. Diversify into three or five markets because all real estate is local. And, you know, uh, there has never really been until the last economic crisis, which was the worst one we saw in seven decades, there has never really been a national downturn in real estate prices until then. And then back to the Great Depression. Only only those two in the last century, okay? But you're, say, you're uh, saying you also have to be careful not to put too much into the hot markets, like, as you say, right. California, New York, and Boston. So there yeah. are sometimes... I, I, I wouldn't put any market. Those. those are very speculative markets. Yes, yeah. yes. So in general, you're a value player, is that right? You're buying things when they're not yeah. rising and super hot. Just the, just the cash flow, you know, there's three basic types of markets around the country. There's the, the, the linear market, the market that just chugs along and does its thing and produces cash flow. That's what we like. There's the, uh, the cyclical market. Those are the ones that make all the news and everybody's talking about all the time where the prices are up and then they're down. And, and those are too much for me. I'm just too conservative at my old age. Uh, and, then, uh, and then there's the hybrid market, the market sort of in between the two. And earlier you mentioned Las Vegas and I mentioned Phoenix. Those are hybrid markets. So those are okay. You can play in those markets, but avoid the cyclical markets. They're just very, very risky. What would be some examples of hybrid markets you would like today? Uh, well, Phoenix and Las Vegas are hybrid markets. Denver and Austin are hybrid markets, and Atlanta's kind of becoming a hybrid market. It was always a linear, but uh, Atlanta's getting, you know, a little more frothy. Not much, but a little bit more to where you could almost consider it hybrids. Do you see a lot of foreign investors putting money into U.S. real estate as kind of a safety haven, and how is that affecting the market? Oh, absolutely. You know, foreign investors appreciate our market so much more than we do. <laughs> it's uh it's amazing. You know, the, the, the U.S. real estate market is a very special market. I've traveled to 77 countries now. In many of those countries, I've gone out and looked at properties with people. Uh, we've had many people approach us saying, you know, why don't you, why don't you sell properties in, uh, in various European countries, South American, Central American countries? I can't find anything that works as well as the U.S. You know, we, we've got very special characteristics in this market. But remember, that said, that this is not one market. There's, there's almost 400 real estate markets in the United States. It's a huge country. So yeah. these markets act very differently. Another way that people like to buy real estate these days is through tax liens and thinking that mm -hmm. they're going to be a default and they buy these things super cheap. What do you think of the tax lien market as a way to acquire real estate? Um, I think that it can be uh, interesting but pretty risky. Uh, I was burnt by a tax lien company. There's a company um, uh, that's uh, called PIP West uh, that I did a show on, and they they, uh, they burnt me and they burnt uh, another person or a couple more people. One of them I had on my show talking about it. And, um, you know, the tax lien thing, I think it can be fine if you're actually, if you're actually really knowledgeable on it. And it's, it's pretty complicated. It's kind of an esoteric side of the business. And you're actually going to the auctions yourself and you're acquiring the tax liens and, you know, managing that process. But if you let an agent do it, 
you're susceptible to getting burned, and that's what happened to me. I, was, I, I relinquished control. I broke the rule, commandment number three. Now, oddly, though, it wasn't like I was investing in a fund or anything, okay? I was just having an agent who was, in my opinion, not an honest agent, <laughs> you know? Uh, if, and, if you do it right, and if you go to the auctions, as you say, is yeah. it a legitimate way to acquire property? I mean, typically after two years, the rescission period ends, and they right. either depends have to where pay or, or you get get a chance to buy it, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. I think I think it can be, but you got to learn about it. That's a it's a complicated area, so you yeah. really got to be an expert. You know, it's not the mainstream of real estate, so I, I think you can do fine with it. Uh, but um, it, you know, it's it's just a whole specialty. That's what you need to know. And just talk about the impact of interest rates and interest rate direction on investing in real estate. Because lately, uh, interest rates have been moving up pretty sharply, and mortgage rates moving up. Um, what kind of impact do you see that on the investor real estate market? Well, generally speaking, uh, it's uh, it makes the rental market better because. What what happens when when interest rates go up, fewer investors invest, and more people who are would be home buyers can't afford or can't qualify to buy a property. And so, as long as the population is increasing, you see increased rents. You see upward pressure on rents. So landlords that already have portfolios they love higher interest rates. It's great for them. But if you're getting into the market, it makes it harder for you. But like anything in life, you got to start somewhere. And none of us can control interest rates. Heck, none of us can predict interest rates. Uh, I've been pretty right on about all of my predictions in the last 10, 11 years. But the one that I got famously wrong, I'll admit it, is interest rates. I thought they would be much higher by now. <laughs> and I just... Uh, you know, it's a it's an illogical market. I mean, the, the the government with the reserve currency of the world, the U.S. dollar, and the Federal Reserve, the biggest central bank in the world, they're defying gravity. Interest rates should be higher, but they're just able to kick the can down the road and keep them low for much longer than I or many other people expected. Yeah, so it, it's it's going to affect it a little bit, but not them. It's not pricing people out of the market and making them renters at even at 4% rates or something like that. At some point, I mean, sure, it, 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 each little bump up in the rates prices some people out. I mean, the rates are ridiculously low. Look, when I got into the real estate business, interest rates were 14%, and we thought they were low because they were coming down from 16 18%, okay? <laughs> and people were buying like mad. But, you know, properties were cheaper then, too, okay? So, you know, this all goes together. Uh, but... Um, uh, All right. so yeah, just, you know. we, we, have, we have about a minute left. So just kind of summarize, if people go through your course and learn about real estate, what kind of returns can they get and what kind of a difference can it make in their life to follow your advice? Yeah, well, first of all, I've I got to say, nothing is guaranteed except death and taxes, okay? Uh, you know, every property is different. Every tenant is different. Every owner and investor is different. Every situation is different. But I can say... We have many, many, we have thousands of clients, okay, uh, over the years. And we have clients who have made very, very nice returns on their investments. And, um, you know, uh, it's the most historically proven asset class in America that's, I think, impossible to argue with that statement. The income property is the most historically proven asset class in America, it's the most tax favored asset class in America. 
and taxes are the single largest expense any of us have. So taxes are a big deal. Even if they sound boring, we better learn about them. We better learn how to avoid them and reduce our tax liability. And um, we, we have you know, to end, unfortunately, this- Jason. So thank you so much. My guest this hour has been Jason Hartman. You can find out more about him and his real estate strategies at jasonhartman.com. Thanks so much for being a guest on the Money Answer Show, Jason. Thank you. Thanks so much, and we'll be back with another edition of the Money Answer Show next week. Goodbye for now. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and the Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week. 